This is the Red on Red podcast on redfm.ie. This week on the podcast, we're talking with Cork music blogger and gig promoter Jamie Collin. I got the board and the Trans Am, let the pick up back at the Rams. You and me, baby, we're going to paddle out. Float out of fear 
The Magnapina there with Surf's Up Baby and God Alone with Imtivim. Both bands competing at the Mammoth Fest Best Band Contest Finals at the Poor Relation on May 26th. Tickets are a tenor in. Door time is 8pm. Get out and support local metal as they send one of the bands competing to the big stage at Brighton for Mammoth Fest. This is Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast dropping every Wednesday via redfm.ie. My name is Mike McGrath-Brien and for the next hour or so we're talking with music blogger, editor, podcaster and relatively recent gig promoter Jamie Collin of overblown.co.uk. Jamie, how are you buddy? Not too bad, how are you Mike? I'm grand, I'm grand, tipping away and so is the site. Overblown.co.uk kind of continues at a relatively steady pace between putting stuff out and now lending its name to gigs around the city. How's that working? Yeah, it tips away I suppose, like it's kind of a fairly niche um, uh, demographic for the site so I don't think it's ever going to be... Uh massive or anything but it, it tips along it's tipping along I've decided to get into the gigs just because uh, well essentially for ages there wasn't a lot of really a lot of gigs going on in Cork and I wanted to get in on that but now as I found out last weekend there's way too many gigs on <laughs> in we, Cork we could get into that in detail <laughs> but I take it as a good problem for everyone to have you're joining us in studio with a bit of a playlist of Cork artists that you've made for us but before we do anything else we're going to take it a little bit back to maybe the onset of the 2000s where you'd been a little bit active in the Cork scene a little bit before you'd headed away to England to teach and eventually happened into your calling with music journalism kind of set the scene for us a little bit regarding your interest in music as a youngster and your interactions with the city well uh, I always had an interest in music from a very young age and my sister was big into all the early 90s grunge and all that kind of stuff which I was probably maybe a little bit young for right when it was out but late 90s maybe when I was about 13 or 14 I started stealing my sister's tapes and her copies of Vitology and stuff like that and listening to it a lot obviously then your natural progression is to decide you want to play guitar um kind of got together with a couple of guys played a couple of gigs but we didn't do a whole lot like myself like we played maybe a handful of gigs got booed off stage in Cross Haven <laughs> <laughs> that was good times do um, you want to tell that story uh, oh well it was essentially I think I was in I think I was probably in sixth year and there was this guy I can't for the life of me remember what his name is now who uh, knew I was in a band right so he needed a support slot at a gig and he was just said Jamie do you want do you want to play this gig and I knew what kind of music he played, so I thought that maybe we were a little bit heavy for him, even though we weren't heavy. It was like Alice in Chains heaviness. It wasn't yeah. super heavy or anything. So I said, hey, you know, we're pretty heavy. Are you sure, sure you're up for this? He was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. So I went down anyway, uh, played the gigs. It was kind of a mixture of, uh, I suppose, a couple of covers. I think we played a cover of Rear View Mirror by Pearl Jam. We played Wood by Alice in Chains. Hey. And we the had a easiest co- baseline in history. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like there was, We weren't trying to overtax ourselves here. Like. <laughs> Um, and uh, played a couple of originals and stuff, and maybe a couple. Of, we were playing very loudly, like, and maybe a couple of songs in. Um, well, people in the crowd were kind of getting a bit restless. There was these lads down the back that were like pretend moshing, but it was really very sarcastically. And essentially, uh, someone behind the bar came up and told us that we we were going to have to stop. You know, uh, at which point I think our singer, who's still a good friend of mine, a good man, uh, Joe was his name. He'd had a, a couple of drinks on board and decided to verbally abuse the audience uh, in in uh, in uh, using some rather choice language. And then we got off the stage and then realized that the headline band were going to be using a couple of our amps. So we had to hang around after just calling everybody some lovely names. 
shortly after your dalliance with the Cork music scene, there's a bit of time where the recession kind of takes a, a little bit of the, the certainty mm. uh, out from underneath people. You take the decision to go to the UK to further your career as a teacher. Yeah. And while you're out there, you happen across one or two people that you start collaborating with and eventually starting a website with. Um, you settled on overblown.co.uk. And initially it was set out of the UK uh, before moving with you to Ireland, uh, at least partly editorially. Um, Of course, anyone that's familiar with overblown.co.uk will know that it's a great resource in terms of the broad spectrum of alternative music um, with a focus on Ireland, but also with a focus on the UK and on wider things. How did the site come together and... Maybe go on to the process of getting it set up because right now we have this great culture of bloggers and, you know, a lot of our casual listeners will be familiar with influencer marketing, blogging, etc. Kind of go on to the glamour part of dealing mm. with content management systems and, and, CMS, and, and getting... CMS, that's where it's at. <laughs> and, and distributed teamwork. Um, essentially, I was teaching for about nearly four years in England and towards the end of my stint there, maybe the last year, I was getting quite disillusioned with, uh, with living in England I quite liked it at the start, but I just got a bit disillusioned with it. So I was kind of, um, and to be honest, I'd stopped listening to new music and things, you know. I had gone kind of that very typical thing, late 20s, early 30s, was just listening to what I'd ever been listening to up until about the age of 25, I would guess was kind of my cutoff point. And um, I was looking for, essentially kind of just looking for something to do, like a hobby, something for my free time. I thought to myself, you know, I really love music. I really love uh, writing. Um, perhaps this uh, website idea might be might be uh, might be an idea. So it was kind of uh, born out of uh, uh, over a couple of drinks in Camden, in the garage in Camden, actually, with my sister and her friend. Um, and her friend is like this. She's a um, she's a scientist, right? She's actually working in NYU now. She's a biologist, microbiologist, I think. But she's like really driven and very like. Well, just do it. Stop talking about it and just do something about it. Stop sitting here whinging about the fact that you don't you don't like your job or whatever, and just just do something about it. You know. So that kind of gave me the incentive to get up off my ass and actually do something about it. Um, in terms of setting up the site, then itself, uh, luckily, I have a friend, and he um, basically is very much involved in social media management and he, uh, WordPress creation of websites for people and stuff. So he essentially did me a solid and helped me out with setting up the website. Um, so then I had that up and running and I essentially just immediately started emailing, Googled music PR, UK, rock music, just sent out a whole load of emails. Some people got back to me, some people didn't get back to me. Um, I kind of took it from there. Then over the course of a couple of months, uh, people started contacting me about writing for the site and that's how it kind of built up a little bit of a team. It's still quite a, a small team really, to be honest. Um, for one reason, because I just have never really found a way to organize the whole editorial side of it without being in the same room as somebody. Um, it's not one of my strong suits. Very few people kind of find it a strong suit of theirs. Well, my experience uh, running a music site over the years, um, you have a certain finite amount of time with a contributor where somebody's interested in writing before, obviously, you know, financial restrictions. A lot of the blogosphere is voluntary 
um, simply by necessity, mm. um, then obviously you're, you're dealing with people wanting to bring in their own ideas to the table. People that do stick around start to find a little bit of an editorial voice. So you're balancing all of these things that come through and come together. You're dealing with people of varying reliability, owing to people's lives being busy, like due to no fault of their own. Absolutely. And over time, that can really get to the identity or the regularity mm. uh, of a music site. How did you find that at the outset, kind of your first couple of turns over with, with different contributors? And how did you bounce back to, I suppose, regularity? Uh, essentially, I'd say out of all the contributors that I've had, I think a number of people get onto you, right? Uh, and I don't mean to... Like, so some people get onto you and they're really enthusiastic at, at first, as you said, and then they get a bit burnt out. That's fine. I understand that. People have a lot of um, a lot of things going on in their lives. I think there's another element that people are looking for something on a CV and they've written for such and such a site. I think they're going to do that as well. And I also don't really have an issue with that either. I mean... Happens to all of us. Yeah, it happens to all of us, you know. That's no no problem with that. Uh, it's a very small amount of people that kind of have stuck in it for the long haul. A, a handful of uh, people. There's a guy, Martin, he's in... Um, living in Glasgow so he contributes here and there but his uh, his work life uh, sometimes over, overcomes what he can contribute so it's 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 it, it's not as constant but he'd be the, the most constant by far absolutely um, but that's a number of people uh, there was a guy in uh, Jacksonville uh, Ryan and he was doing lo- he was contributing a load at first he got a new job he got a promotion and then he got a bit overwhelmed well he didn't get overwhelmed but he had to put it to one side because he got a promotion at work um as a chap up near Chester in the Wirral he contributes a bit John Murray he's a good guy but i feel in ways it's kind of it's like herding cats or something you know it's trying to set up a, lo- a number of and maybe i'd say a big part of it is is my is my own um, f- failures, you know, uh, in 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 managing to herd, say, to cats, or finding a, an appropriate. Well, people management is never fun, anyway. No, it's not. But that's another issue, alongside a couple of others that we're going to discuss when we come back from some more additions to the playlist that you have made for us this week on Red on Red. Uh, you've chosen Silk um, Noir Folkers with two L's in the name with Switchblades Don't Sleep. An excellent song. I love the the, the singer has this kind of uh, Joanna Newsom type of. Um, I don't. I don't like to use the word because Joanna Newsom said she hated it. Like, but this kind of like childlike fairy tale is that is what I, the way I prefer to to put it. It's like a grim, grim brothers fairy tale put to music. And another recurring theme throughout um, cosmonaut related uh, guests that we've had on the podcast over the last couple of weeks. Uh, Terriers with clean my bones. I love that song, man, because it's a pop song, but it has no. It just does its thing. It's not like verse, chorus, verse, chorus. It's, but it's really poppy and catchy, like, you know? <laughs> this is Silk with Switchblades Don't Sleep here on Red on Red. Yeah, the wandering eyes, the wandering swipe by me. Sick. I lay you down 
clean my bones To heal my soul I know it seems impossible But I need you here I need you here To clean my bones To heal my soul I know it seems impossible But I need you here I need you here To clean my bones To heal my soul I know it seems impossible But I need you here, I need you here to clean my bones To heal my soul I know it seems impossible But I need you here, I need you here to clean my bones To heal my soul I know it seems impossible Departed Terriers there with Clean My Bones here on Red on Red as selected by our guest in studio this week of overblown.co.uk and the signal gig night at the roundy, Jamie Collin. Before we went to music there, we were talking a little bit about the challenges that face down a blog that is kind of just getting started and is dealing with, you know, a bit of an impersonal music scene when it comes to PR and reaching out to contributors, etc. But about a year or two in, Overblown starts to garner traction. You come home to Cork, etc. And right away you start talking to people locally. You start sussing out what's what after being away for a few years. Kind of talk a little bit about the process of not only coming home, but getting reacquainted with the Cork scene and seeing where Overblown fit into the overall the overall picture. Well, I was very lucky when I came back straight away because I met um, Shane Horn. Um and he was already obviously had been involved in music in, in Ireland in Limerick and in Cork for, for many years you know mm. so he kind of put me in contact with a couple of different people uh, one of them being Owen O'Shea who does the, um, the caffeinated frequencies um, on Room 101 online on, radio on Room 101 exactly like so uh, I went up um, kind of got involved that way I did a couple of shows up with Owen it has been a while since I've done with them actually and they were great great crack like just that getting more in contact with people and, and even kind of exploring the scene because after being away for a while I had kept tabs on it to be honest you know and when I came back I came across a number of different bands that I found quite exciting like the, the Magna Pina uh, who I love 
And um, I suppose I, I realised that <clears throat> I was in a bit of a strange situation when I came back because Overblown was just kind of getting going, right? Yeah. Into any kind of popularity at all. Um, and there wasn't any platform like that in Cork anyway. Um, even though at that time the audience for it would have been international so it was a, a strange kind of odd situation to be in where I didn't really beforehand nobody in Cork would have known what Overblown was and but it did have I did have readers in like you know Lithuania and random places like you know um, so I suppose what I was trying to do at that point was, st- I was still fundamentally just trying to build up Overblown right um, and so it wasn't until maybe around the time that you asked me to do the talk uh, for Cork Loves Music that I started to think more about what how what I had learned, how I could use that or or or, or to uh, to input back into the scene. I had pretty, you know, you learn things and then you're doing them and then you you forget that you've learned them essentially, and yeah. you forget that they have value. So I hadn't really thought about or considered that they could have been of, of benefit to anybody, you know. Whereas now, anybody I meet, I'll start talking to them about social media and all kinds of crack. Yeah. Um, just trying to give them an, an idea. I think of lots of bands, maybe they do some things well, they do other things not so well on social media. Uh, I felt that maybe by talking, talking essentially, um, I could help in some way. But as this ascent for the site progresses... And, you know, slowly but surely, the brand not only expands internationally, but obviously ties itself down further to Cork and starts showing a lot of support outwardly for Cork artists. Not necessarily first and foremost, but just as a natural byproduct of your being based here. You start experimenting with different ways and means of keeping the site sustainable and growing the site Mm. in the face of issues that we'll discuss in just a little while. One of the big gambles you took was creating a Patreon account, not for yourself personally, as Patreon had really rather been successful for individual artists funding and developing their own personal growth, but a Patreon page for the entire site with tiered benefits for people that were donating to different extents. Take us through the thought process of getting a Patreon set up, kind of offering a value proposition for online journalism Mm. to different people, what worked what didn't and what your takeaway has been from the experience well essentially I suppose Overbone started getting to a point where it was costing me a bit of money to keep the site online you know not a huge amount like but not insignificant either like you know mm. so I felt that felt that <clears throat> I, I wanted to at least put the site into a position where it was paying for itself you mm. know so I wouldn't have to be uh, bailing it out all over the place so that was one one kind of in, in incentive to get it started up, um, and I, I, trying to avoid that kind of that kind of thing. Even though I did end up putting them up <laughs> in the end, when I set up the Patreon, I did struggle to try and think of and come up with these rewards for people, right? Because essentially, what I do is I give away this content for free anyway. Like so, how, and I don't have I'm not a band. I don't have any music to I can't send them CDs or T-shirts or or, or records or free tickets for things or anything like that so that was a bit of a struggle figuring that out trying to personalize it and but not too much uh, because it's still it still has to be overblown but you want to put a face on there because uh, people are more inclined if there's a human there mm. to and there's a human face rather than just a brand they're more connected that way you know mm. i think it's quite potentially quite a uh 
useful new revenue avenue for content creators, you know, uh, in that it has a kind of a subscription or would you call it a subscription or a recurring kind of contribution that people make. Mm. Um, however, they do like to take a nice little chunk which is an issue. They take a they take a hefty chunk of 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 what you manage to earn, like a good something like twelve or thirteen percent or something like that. In the well, end, well, I mean that's in line with Bandcamp and the rest, etc. So it's just that it affects people on you know two or three figure subscriptions way more than it would affect someone like an Amanda Palmer. Exactly, because she's got. Um, so much on there well like it, she must see the figures as well and be like oh that hurts but um, it ends up being a good old chunk of mine uh, per month um, I like the idea of it in that it's uh, trying to discover this new way so essentially this is what we're all thinking about what's the the new route for any content creators whether it be journalism or musicians or anything like that How what's the new way how do we make this uh, sustainable how do we make this workable um, and any ideas in that direction are excellent the community element of Patreon um, is one that has definitely kind of been touted in that people are directly in touch with their patrons they're directly in touch with subscribers yeah no, no that's true and you can send messages back and forth and things like that which I do I don't I don't know if it's worth the percentage it's a prescient discussion to have right as discussion of not just uh, not just music journalism mind you but all online media uh, is currently hot obviously in the last year or so there's been algorithm changes to Facebook that you know while it's made Facebook an altogether more pleasant experience as a viewer has made it very very difficult for content creators and publishers specifically to reach that higher audience Facebook Mm. has always strangled views organic reach to an extent but never quite to this extent before where you know you should try try posting something that mentions Patreon in it really oh it just sinks like a stone for platforms that went all in on Facebook eight years ago you know however long ago it was etc because of the cultural cachet that it had been garnering at that time you know, all of a sudden, referral traffic and reach had absolutely fallen off. And in fact, you're now starting to see, you know, big social media sites that have been monetizing video content and such that they've been putting up fall off within a matter of months. Mm. And the conversation that has been going on for the last couple of years regarding how to monetize and make content creation sustainable in the new media environment has absolutely gone on fire. And in music one or two places that I write for now they're having the conversations it's like something has to change we don't quite know what Uh, Patreon might be good we're just not too sure about percentages as you stated there Uh, but we certainly like the idea of a tiered offering furthermore like the idea of music journalism as a gatekeeper as a myth maker or Mm. as a as a you know, the, the, the romanticized notion of enemy and sounds being the, the gatekeepers of rock and roll on a weekly basis is all gone. There's no more kind of big seal of approval from a bigger place. Yeah, does, uh, does that role, like that role doesn't exist anymore. Do people even care who ever true is anymore? Like, you know, or who their favorite music writer is? You see it to an extent, right, with uh, the needle drop, Anthony Fantano. You like, do indeed. There's sure, a music a reviewer point. that people pay attention to. Yeah. And that's an idea about music journalism and music critique adapting to fit consumer habits and what's your take on the issues that face music journalism how do you look at music journalism progressing in the next five to ten years is there too much of it now 
do you think? Well, the amount of um, content that's pumped out every day, because I suppose for a while there, revenue is going down. It was to, an attempt to get more and more and more and more hits for the advertising buck. Yeah. Which is also still going down. To, I'm talking about the banner ads now and stuff. The yeah. Google ads or whatever. Gaming for clicks is becoming a losing game. We're seeing it quarter by quarter by quarter. It is, yeah. And it was bound to be because, I mean, you have to... Not that it's not that any of the websites got too shady, but you have to resort to some not too pleasant kind of tactics to get those eyes on, on articles. Like There's another website as well. I don't know if you know it. Uh, Alternative Nation is what it's called. Anyway. But basically, it's run by this guy and um, it focuses on all that kind of music and those bands that are still around. But man, it's you should see some of the headlines. It's it's horrendous and loads of stuff about Francis being Cobain and um, so I put up. A, I try not to click on anything now, but it still comes up in my feed, right, uh, on Facebook or whatever. And like art, things like you know, Francis B. Cobain writes a song. It sounds just like her father. Or actually, no, it doesn't say Francis B. Cobain. It says Kurt Cobain's daughter writes a song. Um, sounds just like him. You know, isn't it terrible that Nirvana fans have turned into Grateful Dead fans? I know it's, it's a bit weird like, <laughs> but it must get clicks and then Billy Corrigan does really great on this site because he's mad as a bag of badgers so anything like anything like that and his cover the the website's coverage of things like this Scott Whelan's death and Chris Cornell's death and Chester Bennington's death were not very pleasant like you know just very like but that's down to rock and roll mythologising again that's 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 the music industry eating its dead yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I mean, it, it is a, a run. It, that's not entirely something new, of course. Like, but and this website gets, I don't know, like a million views a year or a month or something like that. Like, it's not small fry. Like, mm. even though I know that's not huge either. Like, but it's not small. I think that there has to be a, a new way, right? So obviously, Anthony Fantano is doing a great job there, and he's very entertaining and covers a wide a variety of of music as well. Um, Which has been the biggest change is no longer like, you know, specialized media except for, you know, print aimed at 35s and up. Yeah, absolutely. Like anybody, anybody younger than you or me, Mike, is, doesn't give proverbial about what type of, uh, what, 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 like whether you should be listening to this or you should be listening to that, you know. And I think it took us a while to get around to that way of thinking as well. I'm still getting, <laughs> still getting used to it, Mike. But uh, we'll come back to the discussion on music journalism there after we head away to some music. Uh, you've got Happy Alone, their brand new single Body Bags, which was pr- world premiered on the show here a couple of weeks ago. What's your take? Uh, I just really like their, it seems to be a willingness to do anything, try anything. Mm. I've heard about three or four songs at this stage and there it could be three different bands and I suppose on one bookend of the next couple of minutes of chat you've got Soothsayer's half of their new Split 7 inch with Parthalon and we'll have the other side of that Split 7 inch from Parthalon a little bit later on but Soothsayer with an excerpt from Cephalopod more restrained I feel from them it's more kind of dark's not the right word mm. it's just more murky um and I like, it's called Cephalopod, so I feel like they've named it after the Magnapina, maybe. I presume that's some kind of... Community ties. Presume that's some kind of uh, uh, jellyfish. A respectful nod. It's a scientific term for squid and, yeah. and jellyfish. We're going to taste of the murk there now momentarily with Soothsayer and Cephalopod. But first, Happy Alone with Body Bags here on Red on Red. Yeah, blood is thicker than the 
Soothsayer with Cephalopod here on Red on Red as chosen by our guest in studio this week, Jamie Collin. Before we went to tunes there, we were talking a little bit about the issues that we're facing, music journalism and dealing with Patreon and, you know, patron exclusive content that you could provide. And one of the big kind of upticks of the extra content that you could give subscribers via Patreon or just people that were on your site was podcasting. And here, thus begins the meta discussion among two podcasters about how great podcasting is. It's a hell of a thing to be able to present like a radio formatted show and just have complete autonomy over it. Because obviously we're here in Red FM buildings in Bishopstown, etc. And radio operates the way it does. It serves a much wider audience. It gives them what they want, etc. But for dedicated music fans, you know, specialized programming that we have like Green on Red, Black on Red, Stevie G's Old School Party and this parish here um, kind of tend to specialist taste or tend to the community a whole lot more than maybe daytime radio is able to because of its format. With podcasting, again, you have the complete autonomy with all of the risks that kind of befall it, of course, to do a niche show about whatever you please. And with Overblown, you did kind of a couple of different uh, programming threads specifically in that you've done, you know, the creative processes with some of the with some great musicians over the course of the time you've had interviews and so on and so forth so what's your take on the process of putting together a podcast what do you like about it and what's it done for overblown in expanding its reach i really like podcast as a format because you can as you're saying it it allows you to do something you can't necessarily do on terrestrial radio you can go into this in-depth or more in-depth uh, interviews and discussions. It doesn't have to be uh, like, you know, super, like it obviously has to be entertaining or informative or whatever you want it to be, but it doesn't have to be like super snappy. It's yeah. got to be funny right now, you yeah. know? It kind of, for me, calls back a bit more to, it's 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 even old school, you know? Yeah. Reminds me of like things like, say, the TV show Parkinson. Did you ever, did you ever watch Parkinson? Yeah. And he'd sit down with, say, Muhammad Ali or whatever for an hour and they'd just chat. About and it, it seemed like about nothing in particular. Obviously, they had plans, right? They didn't just rock up there, right? Yeah. But it, it's kind of casual and more maybe natural, I think, you know? And I, uh, that's what I like about podcasts anyway. Like, I can go and sit and listen to, you know, hardcore history for five hours if I want to, like, you know? And I think that putting them together, once you get a bit of gear together, it's not overly complicated, you know? It's not super. It's not super difficult. Like, well, I mean, that's not ruined the magic of a good podcast now either. <laughs> this is really hard, isn't it? Yes. Um. Uh, so it's accessible. Uh, it's also growing hugely. I mean, podcasting podcasts are uh, every year. There's millions of more people listening to them because I'd say I feel that they've only kind of become more mainstream in the last few years. Really, like, oh. obviously, been going what 10, 15 years. I don't even know. Much longer. I remember picking them up. I remember downloading podcasts, looking for them on iTunes about 12, 13 years ago when I got my first iPod. So, yeah, but like they've really exploded, I guess. Mm-hmm. Something like 47% of Americans or something. I'm pulling that figure out of my, my, uh, out of nowhere, by the way. Yeah. I think I, I've got 47 in my head somewhere. But like essentially, a lot more people listening to podcasts and not just, it's growing in all demographics. You know, it's not just one. It's not like where Snapchat's just for kids and Facebook is now for people in their 30s. And it's, it's not isolated in that way. It's growing across the board because I think, Maybe some um, more uh, 
Uh, mature listeners might enjoy the fact that it's a, it's it's somewhat like uh, old fashioned in a way. Um, it also it also allows me personally to kind of there's something premium about a podcast, like right. So if I go to a PR people and I say, I say to them, um, if I go to like I did uh, to um, Buzz Osborne to the Melvins PR and I say, would you like to do an interview? They go, oh, well, you know, Buzz, although Buzz is very good for interviews, he does interviews with loads of people, but uh, they might be, you know, he's a bit busy or, you know, if you say, do you want to do a podcast? They're a lot more open to the idea. You know? How was King Buzzo to work with? Because he's a dude, he's a fascinating dude. I he was very, very nice to me, yeah. even though he got a little angry with me, but that's to be expected. Please go on. I annoyed him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what it does allow you to kind of get into getting slightly more... Uh, a band that might be slightly out of your reach usually yeah from my size of of, of website blog yeah um, so that's for me the big benefit of it let's talk a little bit about the work-life balance because it's a big conversation that's being had now among creatives obviously in the last couple of months in Ireland specifically the book Slow at Work has kind of really kind of influenced conversations about the pace that we take our lives at and just kind of keeping ourselves sane as the world gets busier around us but also in the last week or so, conversation about mental health in the music industry has obviously come straight to the fore off the back of the, some very tragic circumstances regarding um, Frightened Rabbit. And nobody is exempt anymore from mental health issues, specifically in creative and media sectors, where maybe, you know, the goalposts change every so often in terms of employment, you know, the drive towards self-employment, the drive towards self-sustainability. Um, has obviously taken its toll on how people relate to each other, how people time out their work days. Some people obviously go, oh, I work my own hours and work every hour of the day. Yeah, You're balancing what you do with gigs, which we'll talk about in a little, in a little bit, alongside your career as a teacher and being an editor for this website mm. and attending to all of the, all of the uh, exclusive content. How do you manage the balance and what are your mechanisms of self-care? Trying to make sure that you take at least one day a week off <laughs> very simple idea day off day off I what's know, that I know. doesn't really work but then you can't continue doing things like I'll tell you and this isn't typical of my day but my day today right yeah is I got up at uh, seven I go into work then had a staff meeting after work so I was there till quarter past five and I come out here and I'm doing this show and then I have to go off and do a course and I finish that at nine yeah. So, and then what you do? What am I going to do when I go home? You know, because then you're dealing with being engaged all day to nothing. Yeah, and it's a big drop off for people that have had that attention span for years and years and years and years. Yeah, it's a, and not every day is like that now, right? Yeah, I'm not saying every day is like that, right? But, um, it is tough because you, I find, you end up uh, neglecting something at some point, right? Mm. Um, I feel that with with the advent of the internet, like it was supposed to make everything easier for for people for for the for the worker, but it just means that you have to get more done in a shorter yeah. space of time, and then there's less. Maybe I'm maybe I'm overselling it here, but maybe there's less uh, understanding of when something isn't done because people are like, well, it's so easy to do. That would take that that'll just take five minutes, yeah. but it's not the prop. That's not the issue. Like it's like finding that five minutes to to actually do the thing that you're supposed to be doing but on top of you know the balance that you have with everything else as stated earlier you're involved with 
running shows under the overblown name You Muck In with Cosmonaut and Merrick Indy to promote the monthly Signal Night. And you've recently started working with Merrick Indy independently as well and Cosmonaut on mm-hmm. overblown branded shows. You were quite new to taking on gigs when you took on your first one with overblown.co.uk, which was kind of a pre-party for last year's Indie Cork. Uh, festival as well. How's it been for you so far? What were your expectations going into it? And what's your take on the art of booking shows? Um, well, I was very lucky to be straight from the off to work with Cormac and Emma because they're both brilliant at what they do, you know. Mm. Cormac is, I don't know how he keeps all the balls in the air. I suppose when you're doing it for a certain amount of time, it just comes natural. No, this is true as well. And Emma's just, uh, she's full of ideas and she's really enthusiastic and she, uh, but, and she but she combined with that gets things done as well, like too, yeah. you know, which is wonderful. And uh, so I've just been learning from them essentially uh, for what, the last nearly a year at this stage, picking up everything I can from, from, from them. We're going to talk a little bit about upcoming signal gigs when we come back from some tunes. As stated, at the other side of this bit of talk, we have Parthalon with their half of the split 7-inch with Soothsayer, new track All We Are. The other savage gentleman. A nice, fine balance of beauty and the, the ferocity. You know, post metal is something that is developing quite nicely in Cork at the minute. I mean, it is all that kind of came out of the cracks there three, four years ago, and now they've got another EP on the way. You've got Parthalon, God Alone, you know, Soothsayer obviously have posty metal y. They do, they've to touched on it. Too. I suppose they're more doomy, but they do have an element. They do. So, I mean, like, that's a real kind of growth part of the scene, which is really encouraging. On the other end of the ambient slash beauty spectrum, you have Gadget in the Cloud with and I told you something true yeah I love her I love her stuff I actually have been meaning to post this song on the website for ages she's probably going to be very angry at me at this stage because it's been it's been a while mm. but um, uh, her stuff is I love a bit of that ambient stuff like say uh, Helios uh, had a bit of a whole thing for uh, uh, Stars That Laid and stuff mm-hmm. for a while with my going to sleep music yeah and I feel that this is someone in that in that vein We'll hear from Gadget in the Cloud just after a path along with All We Are Here on Red On Red.
Gadget in the Cloud with And I Told You Something True here on Red on Red. Just wrapping up this week's podcast with Jamie Collin. you got a signal gig happening on the 25th at the Roundy. you got Just Mustard, Larry and Transmission Club. Obviously, the three of you working together have created something of a, a flagship night for the Roundy. It's really been kind of pointed to as the pillar of the Roundy's monthly gigging calendar. You mentioned that they've been great to work with. But how have you found the venue and how have you found the process of building up a regular gig-going audience for um, a residency like Signal? 
Well, uh, the venue is uh, funny in a way because I never would have thought of the. I had my thirtieth birthday in the in the roundy like um, three years ago, but at that stage it was just birthdays and things like that. It's a great venue to work with because obviously Emma runs the the all the the nights there, you know, so um, she can kind of it's uh, secure, you know. Mm. Um, it's also it's in a really good spot there. I think on the corner, like you can hear the music from the outside. There's a lot of Foot traffic, if you want to use a kind of a marketing term. Yeah, a lot of footfall. So it's got a, uh, it's 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 got a good position. It's obviously getting more and more associated with the music scene. What with having uh, plugged up there, um, huge, great call, huge oh, get for the venue, excellent call. It kind of embeds the musical culture in the venue, doesn't it? You know. Yeah. So and putting out gigs is there has been has been great it's also a good venue in that you you fit a surprisingly large amount of people in there <laughs> if you try yeah it's just a, a, a great venue because they're so open uh, Frank who runs the place is just uh, let Emma do whatever she wants he's open to whatever you know mm-hmm. he just want he wanted it to be more um, in tune I feel with the with the local culture and he's given her free reign to, to do so you know so that's include things like like Plugged and they had the Women's International Weekend Um and all kinds of different gigs of such a wide variety, you know. But this month, you've got Just Mustard are coming down. Just Mustard, great band from Dundalk. Uh, just released their their their, their album uh, Wednesday. Mm. Uh, and I believe uh, Chris Ryan from Robocobra Quartet did some work on it as well. Yeah. Um, and that song Tainted is just, it's a beauty, man. They're a great, they're a great band. Uh, real swirling, intense. It's kind of shoegazy, I guess, but with mm. more, more intensity, if that makes sense. And on that note, we wrap up this week's episode of Red on Red, Cork's new music podcast from RedFM.ie. Thank you very much to Jamie Collin for dropping in. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. I appreciate it. And thank you very much for listening. If you like what you're hearing, please take the time to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Share this on your social media and make sure to check out the artist featured online or at an upcoming gig. And if you'd like more Irish tunes, please be sure to listen in to Green on Red on Sunday nights with Alan O'Donovan for the best of all that is Irish on Cork's Red FM, 104 to 106. You're leaving us with a bit of Sam Clegg. He is a wonderful musician. Is he not? All the Cleggs are. It's, uh, I'm jealous. That's all I can say. Jealous. It's a tenderness in his music that is rare. And we're going to leave you with a bit of that tenderness now. Sam Clegg with Waves Make Foam. This is Red on Red and we'll talk to you next week. We crash back home Like how waves make fall To disappear again Our ways make fun to disappear again. Like the first time that he'd ever seen the ocean, suddenly he was sucked in by its motion. We crash back home. Like our ways make fun to disappear again. The grain of sand that sea, its pulse a king to swallow.
The Red on Red podcast on redfm.ie. You've got a sing- sorry. The, the the robbing does turn up on the on on the sorry, microphone. Sorry, it's here. just I do it so. Um, oh, we all do. I just do it like. You just do it. I just do it. You just, just do, do it. it. Um, 